like the fields of medicine or law or computers, Christianity has its own vocabulary. A preacher visited a farmer and said, do you belong to the Christian family? And the farmer said, no, they live two farms down. (laughs) No, no, I mean, are you lost? No, I've been here 30 years. I mean, are you ready for judgment day? When is it? It could be today or tomorrow. Well, when you find out for sure when it is, you let me know. My my wife will probably want to go. One of our signature phrases as Christians rises from this conversation in John's gospel between Nicodemus and Jesus. In King James English, ye must be born again, born again. Nicodemus is confused, but if we're honest, we may have to admit that sometimes so are we. John's language, in contrast to Matthew, Mark's, and Luke's, is at a deeper level than most of us live. It is artistic, it is poetic, it is theological, it is metaphorical, and we, like Nicodemus, want to toss down a rope and see whether we can hoist it up to a level we can comprehend. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, metaphor, after having seen Jesus doing things, performing signs that pointed to a deep relationship with the God of the universe. Nicodemus is a devoted student of Jewish scripture and tradition, as well as a teacher, And so he is coming to another teacher, a colleague, in a way, to discuss what has been happening. Now, in chapter 1 of John, we're introduced to Jesus, and we see him calling his first followers. In chapter 2 of John, we have Jesus turning water into wine at the wedding at Cana. And then what we call in our Christian language, the cleansing of the temple when Jesus drove out the livestock and doves and money changers. And so now we're at the beginning of John chapter 3. And he says to Jesus at night, Rabbi, respectfully, he's a teacher, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs apart from the presence of God. Nicodemus starts on the surface level. Signs, like turning water into wine. Proof, things that we can see. And Jesus takes it deeper by answering a question that Nicodemus has not asked. He says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus is looking for the kingdom of God, but he does not perceive it. Our television at home is over 20 years old. We can watch a basketball game on our television, and we can see the action on the floor. But when we watch the game on someone else's high-definition, larger television, what a difference We see the action on the floor, but not just that. We can see the expressions on the players' faces. 
we see the individual heads of the spectators and perceive the depth of the arena. Nicodemus is analog. Charles Kauser says Nicodemus represents the curious but cautious person, the one who brings his questions to the right place, but hesitantly, by night. Faith, he thinks, comes from weighing the evidence and drawing logical, sane conclusions. There's no hint of commitment or risk. Nicodemus is viewing the kingdom of God on our 23-year-old two-dimensional analog television. And Jesus is calling him to a new way of seeing, a high-definition way, in which there is depth of commitment and risk, but also greater perception and reward. My seminary just published an article about a student who received the Addie Davis Award for Excellence in Preaching. Just as a little history, sort of an aside, Addie Davis was the first Southern Baptist woman ordained to pastoral ministry. That was in 1964. And those of you who knew Tom Wynn might remember that he was from Covington, which is also where Addie Davis was. Was, was from. And Tom and I tried to get her to preach here at one time, but she was unable to do so. Anyway, Cam Hatcher is the one who received the 2010 Addie Davis Preaching Award. Now, she had an advantage over the younger students in seminaries because she had spent 20 years teaching high school and then there was a convergence of events that led her to seminary to begin training for pastoral ministry. A shift. You ever experienced a shift in your life? Cam's identity as a child of God didn't change. But other things did. She was still Cam Hatcher, but her focus changed. Her behavior changed. Her attitude changed. Her activities changed. She was, in our Christian terminology, in a sense, born again. In that article, Pamela Durso writes that taking online courses, about Cam, taking online courses at Baptist Theological Seminary at Richmond prompted her to reflect critically on where her life was heading. The season of Lent gives us that same opportunity to think critically. Do I like the trajectory in which my life is leading? Do I feel like I'm where God wants me to be? Is there something that I could be doing differently or should be doing differently? Do I need to be born again? These questions are not analog questions. These are high-definition questions, and they lead us to greater depth perception. My 15-year-old niece is taking driver's training courses, or she has been, and one of her class's experiences has been with goggles that give the impression that you're driving drunk. 
So without the alcohol, they get to experience what it's like. So instead of having one line in front of you, which you can see without the goggles, you put them on and there are three, and you don't know which one to walk down straight. She said that when she had the goggles on, they would throw frisbees, and so a frisbee hit her in the forehead because she couldn't see where it was to grab it, even though it was coming right at her. And she said of one of her friends that when the frisbee fell near her, that her friend fell over with the goggles on when she was reaching for the frisbee on the ground because she couldn't perceive that depth. It threw, it threw off that depth perception. So I think about if when we are looking at the world through our own eyes, we sometimes have trouble with depth perception too. Part of what Jesus is saying here, I think, is that we need to release our vision and take on God's vision, maybe a new set of goggles. Release what we know. Release our grip on the surface issues, on signs and visible proof, and trust the God who loves us. Jesus tells Nicodemus, The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes, and so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Cam Hatcher, the seminary student in her mid-50s, sensed the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing in her life, and instead of planting her feet and trying to hold firm to what she knew, She allowed the Spirit to blow her to a new place. She allowed herself to be born again. The psalm for the second Sunday in Lent is Psalm 121. It's called a psalm of ascents. Most scholars think that it was sung by people as they were going up the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. So they were ascending and and singing this song, also of comfort. I'm going to read it to you in a minute, but I want you to listen for the word keep. And we use the word keep as thinking of holding on to things that we like or have some sentimental value that we don't want to throw away. We keep things that are special to us, but in the psalm, the word goes deeper than that. It's a sheltering a protecting, like a shepherd to sheep, or a guard dog to her owner, or a zoo keeper to his animals. You heard a part of this in the offertory that the choir sang. But hear the psalm. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life 
the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Do you feel kept? Robert Sutton commented about a television program preceding the 1988 Winter Olympics featuring blind skiers being trained for slalom skiing, right? You've seen this. Going around the flags, blind skiers. And impossible as that sounds, they are paired with sighted skiers, and the blind skiers were taught on the flats first how to make the right and left turns. And when that was mastered, they were taken to the slalom slope where their sighted partners skied beside them, shouting left and right. And as they obeyed the commands, they were able to negotiate the course and cross the finish line, depending solely on the sighted skier's words. It was either complete trust or complete catastrophe. And Sutton said, what a vivid picture of the Christian life. In this world, we are in reality blind about what course to take. We must rely solely on the word of the only one who is truly sighted, God. His spirit gives us the direction we need to finish the course. When we can trust God as our keeper, our guard, we are more willing to allow the Spirit to blow us where God wants us to be, which is out into a world of people in need. Our depth perception is shallow when we think that we as a church exist for our own comfort. We gather, it's important to gather, to worship, to learn, to connect, to celebrate the gifts of God. But we must not keep those gifts here. We must be born again. It's been noted that Jesus did not say, God so loved the church that he gave his only son. But God so loved the world. Jesus refers in our passage today to a story in the Jewish Torah. You'll find it in Numbers 21 when the Lord told Moses to create a bronze serpent and put it up on a pole and raise it high so that the people who were being bitten by snakes could look up at this bronze serpent and be healed. And he connects it then to his own lifting up. Many of us know the hymn, My Faith Looks Up to Thee. This healing that Jesus provides is salvation. It's salvation for all who look up to Jesus. Eternal life, yes, but much more than that. It's the love God shows for the world through Jesus. And now, through us, when we allow that spirit to blow and to propel us to new places of ministry and passion, and thereby joy. The invitation is written for all of us in non-fading ink. Would you like to be born again? 
Let us release ourselves to the wind of the Spirit and be born anew. May we pray. Only through you, O God, can we be born anew. Help us understand what that means for us. Through loving and following Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.